So there was this woman, 40 years of her adult life. Every morning she would wake up and she had this long stick and she'd throw it over shoulders and she had two pots, one on each side tethered. And she'd walk down this dirt path to a creek and she'd fill both of these clay pots up. She'd turn around and walk right back to her home. And this is what her daily needs were for all the cooking, all the cleaning, everything that the household needed. She did this every day for at least 40 years. She had one pot that came back full every time, very proud of its accomplishments. Look at me, I came back again without spilling a drop. The second pot would come back about half full. Very sheepish. Didn't feel like it measured up. So one day the pot that came back half full apologized to the woman. I'm sorry, I don't measure up to the needs. And she goes, whatever do you mean? She goes, will you fill me up at the creek? By the time we get home, I'm halfway empty. And so she takes the clay pot to the veranda and she says, look down the meadow, what do you see? She goes, I see a meadow and I see flowers down the path. She goes, that's right. She goes, I recognize your uniqueness a long time ago. And I planted seeds on your side of the path. So what you think is imperfection waters the seeds that makes the flowers grow. Because every day I go down there and I cut flowers and I bring these flowers into my home and they bring me joy and color and fragrance my way. I wouldn't change you if I could. I find you perfect every day. Welcome back to the perhaps the most chill episode of the Living Healthy Podcast yet. I'm your host, Andrew Gabell. And I'm your co-host, Brittany Welch. And we just got done taking a <laughs> yoga class at LA Fitness. So, Brittany, can I officially say that I'm a yogi now? Yeah, you're you're officially hitting the chill zone. I'm, I'm in the chill zone. <laughs> I'm trying to work my way out of it. We literally got done taking a class about 10 minutes ago. Um, so I think I saw you hit Nirvana at one point. Yeah. <laughs> There was this Shavasana moment where I looked over and I go, he's either asleep because he's so at peace and so there at rest. Was, I was, yeah, or he's like fully hitting like his Nirvana moment. Well, you know, I'm actually, I've only taken about, I think this is my fifth yoga class ever. And I only took my first one probably three months ago with my wife. Mm-hmm. So this is like, was super new to me. I'm definitely very new to yoga. So this is kind of cool because we have the newbie perspective, which is mine. And then we have kind of the experienced one, which is yours. And then we have the very experienced one over here. Yes. We have our experienced guest today, which is yes. our yoga instructor for today. Fascinating man by the name of John Lyman. Uh, he's been a yoga instructor for LA Fitness for a while now. And as we fo- said before, we just got done with this class. So first of all, John, how did we do in the class? He did fantastic. We did. Oh, great. I, I feel like you have did. to say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, we probably no, did. No, we completed Cause, it. Because yoga is more about the breath and the moving than the actual perfection. To go in there and strive for any type of perfection and oppose is not doing yoga. It's bringing in the stuff that harms us. So you guys did amazing. So just go and flow with it and breathe with it. And um, yeah, you did great. Awesome. That's such Bravo. a beautiful perspective. I've never actually heard it really put that way. And I have to say that is exactly what I took from your class. Yeah. It yeah. was an hour of just being in the moment, truly in the moment. Good. And from every, whether it was like the anecdotes you told or whatever it was that we were doing, 
it was so everything was just it was very mindful very peaceful and it all kind of came full circle back to how it could relate to everyone personally in their own life and it was a very healing and like spiritual experience for me it is it is and that's what this episode is about is kind of yoga but also meditation and how they kind of uh interchange with each other and work together um but before we get started we have to break the flow of this episode (laughs) to remind you if you're not a subscriber please subscribe to the podcast that's how you'll get new episodes delivered straight to your phone when we release them which is every other monday if you're new and all year long we're going to be bringing on nutrition experts fitness experts and general health experts uh, to talk about a variety of health topics to help you get to and through your goals. So, all right, let's get back to the show here. So, John, first of all, we want to learn a little bit about you, uh, your background. What got you into yoga? Because, first of all, uh, people can't see him. Well, if they see the thumbnail, they will. But you probably don't look like the average person you would expect to be doing yoga. I don't. Yeah. So don't. what I, what got you into yoga? Um, my wife. It, it, we, we started off two weeks before um, we went to see a movie, and it was on the history of yoga. And it was about two and a half hours. And at that point, I thought it was about two hours and 15 minutes too long. (laughs) And it was boring and it was a snoozer. And um, there was a lot of yogis in there and they just loved it. It was the history of the breathing and the channels and the energy and all these different parts of yoga. And I just sat there and I fell asleep in it a couple times. Mm. And it was their premiere. And so we walked out and they had this table, tabletop with everybody who had anything to do with it. Anybody who had energy in there, there was the producers, the um, editors, the writers, the directors, anybody who put any type of hands on that film were there. Mm-hmm. And all these women are around, all these people are around, and they're all just gushing about it. And as my wife and I are walking out, they ask me what I think about the movie. <laughs> and I go, you don't want to know what I think about it. I don't know anything about that. I go, ask one, of these other, ask one of these other women. He goes, no, what do you think about it? And I told him, I said, well, I go, if you ask me, I'm going to give you my honest opinion. I go, I think it's a bunch of hocus pocus, mumble, bumble, BS. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. um, he How did, did he take that? He, he just... He goes, okay. And that's the interesting thing is he just said, okay. And and my wife was mad at me and everybody was looking around like I was like the crazy guy. (laughs) And we walked out and um, two weeks later, she asked me if I wanted to take a yoga class. There's this place down the street that was free. I said, if it's free, it's for me. And I went in there and I took the first class and um, it was physically challenging. But I told my wife before, I go, if it gets weird in there, I'm going to go ahead and just step outside and sit in the car because I don't, you don't know what it's what you're getting into with yoga. Right. It's very right. mystical. Right. So I went through that first class, and I was physically challenged. I went through the second class the next day, and um, something happened to me. And that was when I was going to sleep. I wasn't awake. I wasn't asleep. And I just told my wife that yoga freed my mind. And... I denied it at first when she said, I go, I go, I said it. And that's when I realized that I needed to do more of this. So that's what, that was my first weekend of yoga. It's just that it just freed my mind after, after two classes. And how long ago was that? That was 10 years ago. Oh, okay. So you've been practicing for 10 years. Yeah, it was 10 years ago. And it was just, um, there was a lot of dynamics in my life that were going on that were very challenging. I slept like a baby. I'd go to sleep and I'd be up about every 15, 20 minutes, kind of, you know, restless and everything. And then I'd go back to sleep. But that peace that I experienced after just the second class was the best sleep that I received. And so I just found myself wanting to go back more and more and more and just eating more of it, which was really good. Wow. 
That's awesome. That's yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Is would you say what do you would you say is the ultimate goal of yoga? Then is it to find that peace? Is it to heal your body? Is it just to get exercise? To what what is the ultimate goal of yoga or, or meditation in general? It, it can be all of it because yoga is a physical practice. There's definitely a physical dynamic that you will tone and sculpt your body, um, but there's also the peace component with the breath that you can find yourself. <clears throat> pardon me in a place of seated meditation. And all yoga is a moving meditation, my perspective, because the word yoga, when it comes right down to it, it translates into harness into yoke. And that's to connect the breath to the body. Hmm. And that's where yoga is. And it's been around for 6,000 years. And in the first, but when they first started yoga, it was there to find seated meditation. Oh. That was hmm. the ultimate. That was the ultimate goal when when yoga first started six thousand years plus ago, because they were all hunter hunter and gatherers. They mm-hmm. wanted to find a place to come to for stillness, so they practiced these poses to find oneness in their body, so they can meditate to their supreme being, whatever it was. So hmm. meditation almost for, came for meditation before hmm. yoga. Right. It was hmm. like the. Yoga was beginning. a gateway to to meditate right. in a sense. Okay. Oh, not the other way around. Right. The yoga the yoga was there to help find yourself into seated meditation. Sit comfortably. Okay. Right. To sit comfortably in meditation. Right. Okay. And so, do, do you find that there's like a right or a wrong way to practice meditating? I don't know much about it. Um, I find it to be kind of difficult, especially in the beginning. So, is there any like tips you have for people who are just starting to meditate, who have trouble either sitting still, clearing their mind? Or just getting to that seated place that they need to be. It's very challenging. Yeah. It's very Because you're confronted with one of the, the scariest things in life, and that's stillness. Our minds are programmed to constantly go, 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 perfection, the best, excel, whether it's at your work or whether it's in your life. You want to be the best. You want to have the best cars. You want to have the best of everything. And when you slow down to a place of stillness, whether it is two minutes in a posture five minutes in seated meditation and beyond it becomes that stillness becomes very very confronting and um, sometimes the best possible thing you can do for your body is absolutely nothing is sit and be still and just focus in on the breath but to get back to your pointing a a right or a wrong way there's no wrong way to meditate but when you want to you definitely want to do it in a seated comfortable position because if you do it laying down Mm -hmm. you can fall asleep and your main focus is to focus on the breath, right? To clear your head of all like thoughts and just, just to clear to f- the thoughts. Okay. Um, you, you, what you want to do to is you find, find like yourself. An empty space. You want to observe the breath. Okay. Not find it as a focus and let everything pass through the mind. Let all the fluctuations pass through. Like you're not attached to any of them, because when you're sitting in a place if you're focused in on your breath, mm-hmm. you're thinking of your breath. Now, if you observe the breath and you just let it pass through you with any, without any attachment, then you can find yourself in a place of meditation that'll take you further. Because thoughts will always go through your mind when you're meditating. Right. They, you can't turn off your mind. It'll just constantly, things will come through. Well, it that mi- kind of led into like the next question of like, how, what do you do when you can't stop thinking while you're meditating? But I guess it's focused on the breath. You just, yeah. It, it, the, tool, the mind works in a specific way. You can only think about one thing at a time. Yeah. So if you're focused on your breath, you're not thinking about yesterday, today, or tomorrow. Mm. You're not thinking about what's on your daily plate. You're thinking of the breath. That's so, so true. You can kind of use it as a technique. Is just watch the breath come into your nose through the back of your throat and fill up your lungs. 
and then that'll take you to a place where you can start to focus on that and then you can get back and use that as a technique to just watch the thoughts go through. Is it, is it almost like a way of organizing your thoughts in a sense or letting your mind kind of naturally organize your thoughts and that you're you're letting them kind of pass through you? Like I've always heard like you kind of like the thought comes in your mind, you recognize it, let it go and try and focus back on the breath. Is that like also part of meditation? Yeah, you, you definitely have a way of organizing, but even organizing is the same as focusing in on the breath. What you're, writing, what you're trying to do is not shut the mind off completely, but find it to a place of peace because um, I believe, my opinion, is that when you are able to shut the mind off away from all the distractions, it starts to go into a different mode of thought. It's not uncommon for somebody to walk out of a yoga class and say um, they had a, a, a series of something at work that was going on. They needed to find an answer to a specific question for something at a problem at work or at school. And a mo- an hour or two after a class, you come up with that solution. Hmm. And the reason I believe is because you've given your mind time to really get into process. Hmm and kind of, you know, to see through the confusion clearly or lack of another word, analysis by paralysis, you've shut it down to work at a higher speed, faster so speed. So it like clears the fog. Yeah. yeah. They say the same thing about nerves too, like with public speaking, when people would get really nervous, my dad had always told me a story of how somebody would put a paper clip in their pocket and play with it with their hand because you can only focus on one thing at once. So if you're focusing mm. on that, you're not focusing on being nervous. Being nervous. Exactly. Mm. But it's interesting because I always wondered, it's like you find that clarity while you're meditating and you find that clear space, but what about when you stop? Do you take it with you? But you're right, it's you use that moment to meditate, to open up your mind, to be able to like clear out your mind and then let in what's real. So oh, how do necessary. you how do you try and do that in your classes? Because you're so we took your class tonight, and you seem like you're not quite the average yoga instructor. I don't know what the average is necessarily because I haven't taken a, a lot of classes. Maybe Brittany, you can say whether he's average or not. But you, you seem like you have some unique takes on things. So what's your class like? What what I try to do is um, step away from the history of yoga and bring it into a practical application that you can use in your daily life. Um, What I wanna do, once I have you in the room, I wanna try to make an argument for you to come back again. Hmm. So I'm speaking to the breath and you take your oldest companion, this reflex that we're using now, our breath, and then we bring it to the forefront of our experience and give it our undivided attention for an hour. And then all of a sudden this reflex that is our breath starts to strengthen into a muscle. And as your practice matures, it begins to hone into a tool. Like Brittany was talking about the nervousness with the paper clip. Really what's happening when you're getting nervous, your breath is shortening. And when your breath is shortening, it's sending triggers up to your mind saying, there's something going on right now that's not right. And I need to defend myself a fight or flight reflex. Hmm. So with breath in your meditation, you're strengthening that Hmm. so that when something goes down outside, you see through the confusion clearly. So you don't have that, that anxiety anymore. Hmm. Um, If I can share an example with you, I have a a gentleman that used to practice with me at the LA Fitness over here. And um, he was pre-med at uh, UCLA and he was getting ready to go do um, some different interviews around the country for medical school. And every class that I teach, I focus in on the breath because to me, yoga is breath. That's the entire thing. Everything else is secondary to the breath. The movements are secondary. Everything is the breath. And after a class, he came out and he goes, John, you go, I like the stuff you talk about with the breath. It really works. 
like I like I was just saying it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know it. It does. He goes, he goes, no. He goes, I was back on the East Coast and I was really nervous waiting to go into my interview for a medical school that I really wanted, and I just felt really nervous. But I heard your voice to me to breathe deeply, huh. and I did it. And then he said it was one of the best interviews that I ever did. He goes, I don't know if I'm going to get into that school or not. He goes, but I'm going to employ that deep breathing before every one of my interviews and mm. in life. And it's it's your yoga superpower. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I guess that kind of makes sense. I've heard just casually, like, you know, take a deep breath, that kind of idea, but getting that oxygen into you, focusing on the breath. Huh. And just giving yourself, I think, a second always to, like, either think or react or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, I'm new, but what's the best way for someone new, if anyone is new listening to this or they're kind of a skeptic about yoga like you were, what's the best way for someone new to experience a yoga class? Is there a type of instructor that, should they focus on trying to find an instructor that matches up with their style or is it just jump into anything and stick with it well, or? It, well, if, you never, if you've never done yoga, you don't really know what type of instructor you're looking for. And yeah. um, a yoga, yoga in general is a lot like cooking we can all go to the exact same restaurant and have the exact same meal and we'll have a different result and some, someone will love it and somebody won't. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same thing with yoga. If you go into a, a class, um, you may really love this teacher because of the way he approaches it. I'm very physical and very moving. I like to flow through things and challenge the body. Um, other people like to stay in postures and hold them for three and four and five breaths. Um, and, and that's the way they're going to do it. And that's their approach. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just different. Hmm. Um, so I would say that if you're going to go into a yoga class, try the yoga class. If you don't like this instructor or you don't think yoga is right for you, try someone else. Hmm. And try, try a few people. Give it two weeks. You know, Try it a couple, like three classes a week from different people and see who resonates with you. Right. It could be a female, it could be a male, it could be somebody from more of the um, the Bikram style that's very stagnant and posture to posture looking for perfection. It could be something like myself that's physical and flowing. Um, there's there's a different, there's a lot of variations out there. Right. Yeah, there's so many different styles and types of yoga. I feel like when I was today, like taking it, it was like the first 15 minutes, it was really kind of trying to get um, a hold of the different moves that we were doing and so I was looking to other people in the class as well to kind of like take cues on what I was supposed to be doing and then once we got through those first 15 20 minutes I kind of realized okay now it's in a repeat pattern where now you're just flowing through it a little bit faster so I was able to pick it up so it's almost like you have to stick with it a little bit and kind of get through that the nervous portion of it or the awkward portion where you don't feel like you know what you're doing you kind of have to just stick through it a little bit and you will learn and adapt that's exactly. what I felt. Uh, he nailed the, it from my perspective. Yeah, <laughs> you did great. And, and the way I set up the classes is the first time we do, we show through. So each posture through the flow, we'll, we'll breathe. We'll have three breaths for each posture. Mm. And then the next two segments through, we'll do a breath of movement. Mm. And what we do at the beginning of the warm-ups, that sun A and that sun B, which is working on the front and the back of the body and then the sides and getting into the hips a little bit, then we go in and we start to work on some twists and then mm. what I like to do is I like to bring in balancing. Um, the reason like I, I like to go balance through movement is because when you're in warrior two or in warrior one or in crescent lunge, both of your feet are on the floor, your hands are high, you're probably looking into the mirror and your mind's off somewhere on vacation. It's, it's, it happens. Mm -hmm. um, that's the most challenging part is to stay focused and be present in that moment. But if I get you onto one foot and you're balancing yeah. Yeah. and right. you have to go from one movement to the next, 
you try to think about anything on your toothpick, you're going you're to fall right on your fanny. Right. You yeah. have to be present in that moment. And that little moment right there of presence is freedom. Because mm. that might be the only moment in that person's day, in my day, that I'm not thinking about work or family or anything else that's on my plate. Right. Whatever it may be, good or bad. And that point of freedom is what I strive for in my classes to give people that. Hmm. Um, and really, when it really boils down to it, I just bring in a whole bunch of options and suggestions. I'm a spoke in the wheel. Um, they just, I just want them to have the experience as much as possible. Right. It's for them and them alone. Well, I, I had kind of an interesting, we call it a mythical moment. Yeah, Brittany's mythical moment. Here we go. Well, yes. I, it was more, more so for meditating than for yoga, just because you find such a quiet and peaceful place. But I was wondering if either or both increase your extrasensory like perception. Like ESP? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I don't know if you can enhancing your li- enhance your likelihood for ESP right. but if your mind is calm you have a stronger ability to recognize it maybe before it happens um, I'll use the analogy of the sports players if you look at anybody in baseball football and basketball who have reached the pinnacle of their sports mm-hmm. the high flyers the ones they always talk about the game slowing down I think all of us can agree nothing in life slows down it's only yeah. going faster. Yeah. But what happens is when the likes of the all-stars say that, yeah, you know what, this game's slowing down. It's not slowing down. What they're doing is they're anticipating and seeing things quicker because their mind is calm. So they see through all the confusion in the game clearly. Hmm. And that's where that calmness is. And I've even heard um, one of the major sports basketballs players on the commercial coming in today and how he's talking about I don't know if I can use his name LeBron yeah, James yeah. Um, love him he, he was ta- huge he was- LeBron fan over here <laughs> Lakers are playing right now go Lakers right and yep. so he he was talking in this commercial about how everybody minds to strengthen their body but he talks about strengthening his mind mm-hmm. And so you'll find a lot of them that are doing meditation through mm. sports doctors and whatnot mm-hmm. to reach that place of... Oh, yeah. He right. just signed with the meditation right. app. Calm. Right. Right. I, yep. yeah, not that I'm like yep. stalking LeBron or anything. Yeah, I find I, it interesting, though, that you say that about athletes because I used to cheer... When I was in college, I cheered for the Chargers, San Diego Chargers. So I was on the field. Yeah. And they have a stadium full of like 65,000 fans on a good day. Great day. Um, and everyone would always say, what was it like down there? And you're so focused on what you're doing and you're so present where you are and taking it all in and seeing all the people. For me, the best way of describing it was it was the most calming, peaceful, silent place ever. Mm. Hmm. You could hear a pin drop to me. Wow. Really? Because you're so focused on what you You were doing, on performing. And like they say, it's like time Mm. slows. You take in that moment and you're just there. Mm. And I guess it's like a different form of meditation, you know, dancing, whatever. It it can all be forms of meditation, I guess, if you're able to like lose yourself in it. But it was to the point where I'd be standing there and there could be like the loudest fans, everyone on their feet screaming and it would just be silent and I'd be smiling hmm. and just hmm. if you could see my face now it would make perfect sense yeah. it was a moment of like 
you could see serenity. Just like serenity. Yeah. yeah, serene. Hmm. It was a serene that that is a form of meditation right yeah. there. You're focused in concentration and present in the moment and everything else kind of doesn't cease to exist, but it takes a back seat to that mm-hmm. present moment that you're in, which that mm-hmm. is meditation. So it kind of, it almost seems like meditation is like exercise for the mind, essentially. Yeah. And then there's exercise for the body and yoga kind of incorporates both in a sense. Yes. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause I've definitely heard of athletes that are rely on like visualization, like visualizing, you know, how plays will, you know, things will play out and things like that. And that seems like another way of kind of like, uh, meditating, like, uh, and clearing their mind, like you talked about, to see through the, the chaos of the situation to the clear goal or the focus. Oh, yeah. You can definitely use visualization as a, um, a tool for meditation. Um, when you're in a seated meditation, it's it's not always um, about obs- watching the fluctuations of your mind dissipate, but some people will um, take their their meditation and they'll either go deep inward to their body to maybe a place of the forest with a light in the forest and that's where they find their meditation is traveling inward to the body and there's a a series of sequence of going deeper and deeper from the skin into the skeleton and down into the soul and you progress um there's also the meditation where you're elevating yourself from your seated position if we were out on the beach right now it might be sitting there comfortably on the beach and you all you see is yourself and then you go and you see the beach and then you see the city that you're in and then you see the the state that you're in the country that you're in and then Eventually, you go out and you see the entire universe from Mm. sequentially. And so as you're doing this and you're visualizing this and you'll see yourself all the way out and you'll be sitting down, but you'll see this visualization of the entire universe. And then you take that step from there and then you start progressing it from higher than back into your body. So how it's so fascinating to me that you went from a guy that was just like, ah, it's mystical mumbo jumbo to a guy that just said what you just said, which (laughs) sounds super mystical. Like, how do you it's just. It just fascinates me that you can get from one place to the other. You can change so much. There's been so much change in your life. So what other ways has yoga kind of impacted your life in the last you know, 10 years since you've started doing it? Oh, it's, it's helped me um, just deal with life a lot easier. Um, and I made that change simply because I found that yoga freed my mind. I, was, I went into the parts about my... Um, when my when my parents were in failing health and I was caring for them, that's when mm-hmm. I found yoga. Um, and when my father passed, I didn't handle the death properly. I didn't. I just I I was practicing yoga, um, but I found myself as that was a real challenge. And so what I found was, after my father's passing, the one place that I can find complete freedom and solace was on the mat. Hmm. And it was my time to express. And I started going deeper into it with readings um, and also just with my practice. And then when I made the jump from just a, 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 te- or a practitioner to being a teacher, um, that went to a whole nother level because people talk about it all the time. And they, they were telling me that if you ever decide to go teacher's training, it'll change your life. I'm like, well, yeah, I go, I'm a 40-something-year-old man. And there's nothing like this is right. going to change right. change my life. I mean, you got people going all over doing this thing. And I remember the very first night in teacher's training, they asked us to write down on these little um, note cards um, or on these on these uh, compass, uh, composition books that we had. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, um, everybody in the class, you know, why do you want to teach yoga? And I've got 42 of what came to be some really close friends, a lot of people in my sangha there, and I just simply wrote down to share yoga. And I closed my, my notebook and I saw the people next to me writing pages. 
Huh. And I was looking around and I thought, this is not the place I want to be because I don't know, I, I'm not, I don't measure up. Right. And after I'm sitting there, I'm like, please don't call me, please don't call <laughs> me. And the people who were guiding the teacher training probably saw that in me or felt it in me. And so they had some people go through and they read their, their paragraphs and then um, they asked me, what did I say? <laughs> I said, oh, you know, I said. Once again, you don't yeah, really know you what know, I said. I go, I go, I'm not as deep as you guys. I go, I just want to share yoga. And then for the very first time, he said to everybody, open up your composition books. Isn't that what you're saying in all those words? It's just that simple. You just want to share this feeling of yoga. And everybody was right. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Huh, nice. So there was an acceptance there. Right. Yeah. Because I'm not the most flexible. Um, I'm not the strongest. But... Um, when it comes to breathing and feeling, um, I feel like I've, I've got that place because hmm. I come from a place of oneness and love. And that you can definitely feel in your class for that's, sure. That's, yes, where, I try, that's yeah, where I definitely. try to come from is I try to give everything back to whoever's in class. I'm there strictly to bring in a challenging flow because the body loves to be challenged. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, and, and, and other people have come up to me and said this, they go, when I was giving up one class in a, in a um, particular um, LA fitness and going down to one class, he goes, who's gonna tell me that I'm the greatest every week now? Right. <laughs> I mean, you're the only person that tells me how awesome I am every week. I said, because you are. And I said, and if you, you don't, hmm. go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, and you really, you do you present us with a lot of just great tools and however people want to take them like you said at the end of class you were talking about change and like he was saying that was such a drastic change mm -hmm. for you and like you had said sometimes you just need to do that yeah how yeah. long how long would you say it takes to see the benefits of yoga you saw it within two sessions essentially but in general do you see uh is there like a kind of an average of what people how long it takes before people kind of get it you know what i mean it depends on what you're looking to achieve. If you're looking to achieve um, the physical benefits of it, if you put a, a, a weekly practice, maybe three days a week into your routine, you could see benefits of strengthening and, and shedding pounds mm -hmm. within a month. Hmm. Okay. And if you wanted to get into a spiritual place, it's really um, up to you on where you want to bring the judgment and the BS in versus just not accepting it. But the beautiful thing about yoga, is whether you've taken one class or you practice on the daily or you practice on the weekly remember one thing every time you come into a yoga class for your health and wellness and for your benefits everybody in your life at the end of that hour will benefit from what you received in there because you find yourself in a place of calmness and peace and then you relay that to your whole community outside your friends your relationships your family and that's where you have the opportunity to let this practice become something very benevolent and loving with everybody in your community that's great that i think that is so true like that's how i felt like at the end of this like being so calm and relaxed i was like man this is probably gonna just make me a better person to be around at home with yeah. like my kids and my wife and everything Thing. So Definitely. I think I think that absolutely is true. That is pretty cool to think of that. Like what you're doing just for yourself will impact the others around you just yeah. with that. That's that's awesome. Oh so yeah, think about outside. the energy I came in into class right. with. Yeah, like not true. that it was like terrible, or anything, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, then the, the energy you leave class right. with, and then all of that rubs off on other people. That's awesome. But speaking of that, of, of other people, do you have any stories of members or people that you've worked with where yoga has had a big impact, or yoga or meditation has had a really big impact on their life 
or any stories yeah. you can think of? Oh yeah, I um I, I'll leave all the names out just yeah, because yeah. you know I haven't spoke to them and, and I don't like to talk about people. Um, but I've had um quite a few people come up and they they really just give me just loving cards. Um, oh. I remember one woman that she was um, coming into my class and she was very practice. She was there every week diligently and she practiced. Um, she never came up and spoke to me or anything, <laughs> but she would just do the class and then she would leave. And then um, I noticed, and I always tell people to keep their phones on do not disturb or vibrate unless you're like a first responder or a doctor, you know, that's yeah. just oh, yeah. for their, for right, their, right. they need it. They right. hope we pray that we don't need them. Right. Yeah. Um, so then at the end of this one class, I noticed she had her phone down on her mat and she kept kind of looking over at it and we got into the hips. It was it was a big series on the hips, which hips you hold a lot of your life and a lot of your emotion. Mm -hmm. So it's not uncommon to be melancholy or to be reflective after a class. And about 45 minutes into the class, her phone brightened up with like a text and she picked up her phone and she left. And so the next week, and I honored that space. I'm not gonna ask her because it's not my business. You're working here on yourself. I'm just guiding you through. I'm just a spoke in the wheel. I'm a mm -hmm. conduit to her bliss. And so the next class we got into um, the hips and I could see that she had like a thought or something was on her mind that she wanted to relay, but she didn't know how to do it. And so somebody else came up and asked me a question and we, were gotten, we got into the hips that day. I'll try to be brief about this. So then um, at the end of that, I can see she had something that she, we, she had on her mind and she wasn't gonna ask me. So this woman asked me a question. I answered her completely not what she wanted, but what I thought she needed to hear <laughs> about getting into the hips and yeah. how it raises emotion. The next week her and her husband come in at the beginning of class. And she goes, honey, come here. You know, he, he comes up, they talk, they said, John, I want to tell you thank you. And I'm like, okay, uh, well, well, for what? She goes, my wife hasn't cried in over 15 years. And we had a friend that was dealing with ALS. And he said wow. the week that she left was the day that he died that moment because her friend was at the, cla at the oh. bedside. And so she said, if he passes, I want you to text me and let me know. And he, she didn't know how to release that hurt. And so at the end of that class, you know, she, he told me that she finally released it and you've really opened her up to a lot of uh, potential hmm. here of just healing. Healing, yeah. And that's heavy. Yeah. You know, that's heavy that you can go and just give to somebody unconditional love in a class and then they can work their way through their body and they can find healing in it. And that's right. what yoga is. It's really a beautiful wow. thing to share. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's, there's plenty more we can go on and on about yeah, it. But it's what, like, it's yeah, beautiful that you're able to share that, though, I mean, with your students and to have those moments yeah. and to give that back. That's just, it's a wonderful thing. I've also you know, seen people come in with addictions. Yeah. And they've they found a connection in yoga that was a bigger high than what they were able to get out on the streets. Right. Yeah. Um, huh. And and that's power. I mean, wow. it's and it's not uncommon. A lot of a lot of yoga instructors that I know um, have come from an addictive background, mm -hmm. and because it's the one thing that they were able to find that filled whatever they were missing or jonesing for and just clean and sober. I mean, huh. it's, it's amazing what this practice can do. It's a, nat it's a very strong natural high, that yeah. is for sure. Yeah, yeah. I saw um, Andrew just like, woo, after class. Yeah, oh, man, no, <laughs> totally, yeah. I was so like, no, it was awesome. The class, yeah, to go through like the highs of kind of the intense flow and then the relaxing part at the end, it was just like, 
It was awesome. It, like that's it, the, it's like the range of emotions, essentially. Yeah. You go through the range of emotions and motions in the class. Yeah. If, if you boil it down, it's like a kindergarten class. You have playtime at the beginning, yeah. all the flowing and all the moving. Right. And then when you're in some restorative poses, there's a little bit of story time. And yes. then after story time, there's rest time. Right. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. I mean, if you can go into one yoga class and realize that that, that yoga mat that you're practicing on is a mirror and how you react to the postures that you're in and the challenges or how you react to the, the challenges of the vicissitudes in that class, you can walk out of one yoga class with a whole different perspective on your life because how you deal with the challenges on your yoga mat right then and there that fight and flight that I'm going to go for it I'm going to do it is exactly how you deal with life outside that room right yeah. and that's, and that's what I came to realize is that if I can deal with it here on the mat in my personal space kind of like it's one big petri dish for my life mm -hmm. if I like it I strengthen it and if I don't I get rid of it Hmm. And that's what yoga has the opportunity to do. And it's cheaper than therapy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So true. That's awesome. All right. Well, do you, I mean, that, I mean, we do a segment at the end of all of these that's actionable advice. That may have just been it right there. But <laughs> if there's something that um, a new listener or someone, what would you want listeners to take away from this about yoga? Is that it's for everybody and it's not about flexibility. You, you will gain flexibility in yoga, but... Looser hamstrings are not the root, root cause of happiness, and it's not going to heal relationships. But if you can go in there and feel your way through, you'll gain that. But you'll also have something called freedom, and that is you'll begin to um, facilitate ranges of motion in the body to live comfortably because you will never truly recognize how beautiful you are unless you go through life feeling comfortably and feeling comfortable. And that's just doing simple yeah. things, like that's bending over, picking up spoons. Um, and I heard this in a class, and this is nothing original to me, but it's, I, I, I use it just nearly every class because I believe it's so true that folding forward over the biggest joint that your body has, your hip joint, gives you the ability the rest of your life to put on shoes and pants comfortably, pick up children and puppies, and maybe one day pick up a grandchild, and who wants to lose qualities like that? Yeah. Because I saw it in my mom where she didn't care for her body and she was ended up in a wheelchair because she neglected her hips. Um, I have one goal in yoga and I share this every, every once in a while in a class. My one goal in yoga is to live on my own in my 80s, late 80s, hopefully maybe get to 90 <laughs> and drop a spoon, a fork or a knife on the floor and pick it up comfortably. And if I do that, I win. That's awesome. I see you Great. winning. Yes. I gotta I, I say. Think we'll I check, see we'll you check winning. in with you. Yeah. Right, 40 years. Right. <laughs> I'll let you know That's if I can awesome. pick up a spoon still. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah. well, thank you for teaching the class and thanks for being on the show, John. Yeah, that was an amazing class. Thank and you for John. having me. All right, well, if you liked what you heard here and you're interested in our other health and fitness topics, don't forget to subscribe so that you can get new episodes delivered straight to your phone. Uh, we release every other Monday. And hopefully you have a peaceful day like we just had a peaceful class, and we will see you in the gym. Namaste, guys. This time a man will call him Mr. Consistency. Every day he woke up at the exact same time, ate the exact same thing for breakfast, wore the exact same thing to work, walked the exact same way every day. One day he got up, he went through his routine, he walked out the door and he's walking on his way to work. He noticed this hole and he walked right into this hole. It was a big hole. It took him a long time to get out of that hole. But he eventually climbed his way out, went on his way to work. 
Day two, he got up, same routine, walked out the door, walked his normal path. He recognized the hole, walked right into that damn hole. It was a deep hole. Took him a long time to get out of it. He finally got his way out, made his way to work. Day three, got up Wednesday. Walked out to the door the exact same time, walked his way, his normal path. He saw the hole, he went around the hole. It took him a long time to get around that hole, but he made it. On his way, he was late to work, but he made it through. Day four, he got up, he walked out the door, and he went a different direction. My friends, there's only one person on this planet that likes change, and that's a wet baby but sometimes it's so necessary.